0: Um. Hold on. Can everyone hear me? Okay, if I speak at this volume.
1: What? Alekai. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so again the couple of weeks ago pre-quarantine uh i spoke on the finished work of the cross it's one of my favorite topics to recap for like two seconds i don't know who all most people were here i think there's a few people missing oh, okay. um if you even remember that long ago it's crazy um I talked about uh, tetelestai, which is the word that Jesus said while he was hanging on the cross. Uh, He said, it is finished. And that word is tetelestai. And um, it means a whole lot of things basically resembling over, done, completed. To pay off, as in like a debt, like fully paid. um, XYZ. And I forgot to mention this the last time, but... Actually, to tell us, in the Greek, that word is actually a perfect tense verb in that passage versus past tense. So past tense would be like this thing happened, but perfect tense is like it happened and it's still like the ramifications are still happening. Mm. So it was kind of cool to distinguish the two things. Just a a fun little note there. We talked about Romans 6 where Jesus or where Paul was talking about how when Jesus died we died with him. You guys remember that? Yeah. And then we talked about 2 Corinthians 5 where Paul again was talking to the church of Corinth and I guys, I made you guys say all a lot yeah. for all died, right? Yeah, I he reconciled the world to himself. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Yeah, so good. I can't get enough of those those scriptures. But the whole point is the finished work of the cross. What did Jesus actually do? What did he actually do? And I think we'll be answering that until the end of time. So this is my fraction of a slice. But I believe that Jesus didn't just bring a message from God, he actually was the message. He didn't just bring a word from God, he was actually the word. He didn't just invite us into union with God, he is the one that unified us. Yeah. It's what he did. So I'm going to read Colossians real quick, and then I'll give you five points, and then we're done.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, Colossians 1, 15 through 23. This is in the uh, NIV. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, a.k.a. the Son, and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard, and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This is nuts. I remember doing this Bible study in with Joshua at the guy's house. It's Colossians one, read it. It's so good. Um, just one more translation on two verses that I wanted to highlight. Um, Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf, so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Anybody feel like that all the time with the Lord? Just like, holy, flawless, restored, totally good, all the time? No. No, no it's, it's kind of hard to feel that way, but I do want to tell you that one of the main objectives for Him showing that great signal on the cross was for you to actually start persuading yourself that that's actually true. He reconciled you to Himself. Which means reconnected. Reconciliation is reconnection. Remember it says you were... You're, because of him you become the righteousness of God yeah, right. in Christ Jesus. Righteousness meaning right standing. Okay. With all that out of the way. Remember, we were co-buried with him, right? Remember last time? Romans yeah. 6? And co-resurrected. Mm-hmm. Hold on. more in here. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? Mm. For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Mm. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning, and if we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of life. And we, all, and we know that since the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life has vanquished death and its power over him, and it's finished. For by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all. But now he lives continuously for the Father's pleasure. That's Romans 6. So that's what we talked about last time. I just wanted to remind you that he died. He went into quarantine for three days. <laughs> and then he resurrected by the Spirit. Mm.
1: Amen.
0: And then in Colossians 3, it says, right there at the top, Christ's resurrection was your resurrection too. Mm. So, what did Jesus do? Number one, I have points this time that aren't just my thoughts. (laughs) One, he fulfilled the law. Do you guys remember? Yeah. I didn't come to abolish it, it, but to fulfill it. This was right after the Sermon on the Mount when he was like all the things and then he was like you're the light of the world mm-hmm. and then he said uh, to the Pharisees mainly but he was saying I didn't come to abolish the law but to fulfill it <clears throat> which has some implications for sure and I can get into those but I'm trying to keep it short So, I, I just think he, he definitely made some religious people mad mm. while he was on the planet as a human and, yeah, as a human. Um, but I would argue that he was actually, well, he definitely was living, living the lifestyle of God because he was God. So anything that threw the Pharisees off, I would argue that it was either just dead religion or tradition that they didn't have much relation, uh, revelation in. So all this code that they were trying to live by They were trying to challenge Jesus, trap Jesus, like question him on what he was doing. And he always had the perfect response and sometimes super offensive, right? Mm -hmm. He's calling him brood of vipers. Mm -hmm. He's saying like, don't let the blind lead the blind because they'll both fall into a ditch. (laughs) Like he, he was a jerk sometimes to the Pharisees, but he was trying to maintain this point and trying to like, I believe he had such a perfect balance. Mm -hmm. But anyways, he fulfilled the prophecies about him in the time. And he fulfilled the law, which you can take tons of different ways, but I believe basically meaning like he literally lived a flawless life on the edge, definitely non-traditional. People questioned him all the time, but he had, he had, literally had pure blood. He was perfect. So it's kind of just point number one there. Yes. Number 2, he eradicated the sin nature. That's one of my faves. It says behold the the old is gone and the new is here, right? We read that last time. Then we read some from Colossians 2 and Romans 6, like I said, the old is gone, the new is here. We all died. I just want to say like we can definitely still live in that paradigm of the old man. Anybody with me? We can still live in the paradigm of the old man. It doesn't mean that Jesus didn't give us the option of the new man. Because he did. But I, I believe it's so much more in our minds. I believe it's so much more to our, according to our soul. So, remember in Romans 6 we read last time, sin speaks a dead language or a language that is dead to you sin if you break it down etymology wise you break it down it basically means missing the mark or missed the mark mm. but guess what in Christ we hit the mark yeah, because of all that we read last time just Romans 6 and 2 Corinthians 5 just if you just dwell on those man it's so good Romans 8 says therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled. Man, so good. Check this one out. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you might participate in the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Guys, the scripture is chock full of scriptures and passages and maybe interpretations if you want to call it that but this is what's so cool about the Holy Spirit but it's also riddled and chock full blank like black and white in in the scripture like go find it like I could read you a slew I mean I have pages and pages but I could read you a slew of scriptures literally my point number two is he eradicated the sin nature Now, I'm not saying that you can't live still in the sin nature today. You can. It's called missing the mark. But I don't believe it's performance-based. I think it's your mentality. I think it's your soul. I think it's a mental state. What do you believe? Do you believe that you miss the mark every single day? Or do you believe that Jesus did it for you and you get to participate in the life of Christ? Those are two very different mindsets. So I'm not saying he eradicated the sin nature like we're all like heavenly angels. No, there's tons of crazy stuff going on. I'm saying you have the, the fresh and new opportunity to live in this divine nature that he has fully reconciled you to fully participate in because of the cross. Remember, he reconciled the world to himself and then he gave us the same ministry of reconciliation, which is basically just reconnection. You're joining people back to the Father. That's all he wants. I'm speaking loudly for everyone to hear, and I'm speaking passionately. Amen. Okay, that's two. We might revisit it, but number three is made you the righteousness of God. <laughs> Which we read that last time. I just quoted it. Colossians 2 says, For he is the complete fullness of deity, talking about Jesus, He is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Through our union with him, which is what Christ did, right? We have experienced circumcision of heart. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. Mm -hmm. Paul says, no longer longer I, but Christ who lives in me. In John 15 it says, abide in me as I abide in you. Uh, He's already there. Jesus in John 17 says, Father, make them one as you and I are one, us in them and them in us. He's like, this is a party. This is, a, this is a family this is unity made you the righteousness of God so what did Jesus do he fulfilled the law which has tons of different facets he eradicated the sin nature we no longer have to participate in that just FYI and don't beat yourself up either which I'll get to later He's made you the righteousness of God. And then I believe the last two points that I have are, are the nearest and dearest to my heart, but I think the big ones, which I hinted at, but the John 17 passage where Jesus is praying and saying, Father, make them one as you and I are one. I, I believe one of the main goals, why he came, why he did all of he, what he did, is to send this huge signal that he wants unification, mm. that he wants his family back. Mm. I think he came to unify us. Which remember, we talk about it all the time. we say it. Unity is better than agreement, so you don't always have to agree, but you can always stand united. So I believe that Jesus, number four, came to unify us. Remember back in the garden, right? Adam walked with him in the cool of the day. It was just like he was right there. And I believe Jesus came to send the signal to restore us to righteousness to just like shout from the rooftops. It's all well and good. Here's my son and who I'm well pleased talking about you and me. Remember when Jesus, right before he went, he said, I have to go so that I can send the advocate. I can send the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last time. We were talking about how the Holy Spirit can be scary. But if you deny the Holy Spirit, you're denying a, a third of the Trinity. You're denying a third of who God is. The Holy Spirit is so important and I believe that was another huge reason that Jesus came was to send his advocate so he made the right standing for all of humanity yes I said it and then now we have the option to not live in the sin nature anymore we have the option to participate in the divine nature which includes Holy Spirit which is our guide our comforter our source of life it's God and I believe that so many of us are sometimes scared of that and we shouldn't be Because it's his present tense voice. You guys ever heard the word rhema? It's the spoken word of God right here, right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like, man, I feel like that was such a huge part of Jesus coming. To send this loud signal that it's all well and good. You don't have to perform or strive for me. You don't have to like... Do what religion tells you to do. You just have to be in relationship with me and understand the fact that I love you and that I did all of this so that I could just have my family back. Mm. Ephesians 4 says, Make every effort, talking to the church, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Dang. I feel like that's his goal. And I feel like he wants us to know that. <laughs> so that's my fourth point. Number five is to represent peace and to bring peace. I think peace is a huge aspect. If you guys have ever heard me talk for a long amount of time, and so many others and a lot of the people I listen to, sometimes referring to Jesus slash Holy Spirit as the person of peace. Peace. It's not just a feeling. It's not just an action. It's a person. Everybody repeat after me. I promise we'll be done soon. Okay. Not that part, but that's good. That's fine. Irana. It's Greek for peace. And then you guys know probably the word shalom, which is the Hebrew word for peace. Now, irana... If you boil it all the way down, which Nick showed me this a long time ago, but if you boil it all the way down to its etymology, it actually means to join. It actually means to unite. Which is mind-blowing. And then shalom, if you boil it all the way down, it basically means peace in the chaos, or peace in the mess. And Uh, Jesus says, "Peace I live leave with you." Right before he leaves, he says, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid." Remember we talked about it last time. Right as he resurrects, he starts walking through er, walking through the land with the disciples. They don't know who he is, and then he like goes to the house where all the disciples are huddled up and like freaking out. And then he walks through the door, not not into the door. He walks through it. And then he says, peace I give to you, right? Yeah. And then he blows and says, receive my spirit. Mm. It's as almost as if the work has been finished. (laughs) And he's saying, chill out. Mm. Peace in the chaos. Yeah. Like all these people are freaking out because they don't know what just happened. And you guys are trembling in this house, like afraid for your lives. He's saying peace. Like it's all good. Remember in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. That's Jesus' message. Mm. He's like, I need you. This is what the Father's saying. I need you to re-read and reconsider and rethink what I did for you
1: yeah.
0: on the cross. It's so much bigger and so much better than you think. Guys, it's so much bigger and so much better than I think. Right. These are old, older notes for me that I've just refreshed. Mm. But man, I, I got to dig into this stuff more. He's always better than you think. The gospel is always better than you think. So good that sometimes it's offensive. No joke. (laughs) Romans eight. So letting so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And just just to give you a little more context, like peace is this you know very general very vague word like a lot of people use it for a lot of different things a lot of the world uses the term peace as like a lack of war right like peace is like distance from war or you know distance from conflict like i'm just gonna hide in my room and have peace or i'm just gonna shut my thoughts down and have peace like that's kind of a world more world-like definition or like tranquil or calm like the water is peaceful that kind of thing That's what I would interpret like the world's definition of peace to be. But I would suggest to you that the kingdom has a different definition of peace. And I believe that it's a person. But not only than that, I believe that it's not just a lack of something, but I believe it's a supply. It's a supply in the middle. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit's a supply in the middle. He's a never-ending wellspring, the wellspring of life. No matter what. Remember Jesus, like, sleeping on the boat? Yeah, right. all the disciples freaking out that's shalom peace right there everything's crazy he's just chilling taking a nap he's probably got like one eye open just like laughing at the disciples
1: <laughs> <laughs> they come
0: wake him up and then he just like points to the storm mm. that's, that's kingdom peace mm-hmm. and that's right. what Holy Spirit provides that's right. what Jesus provides that's what he came to at least send the huge signal but to provide for us that we have that peace. So the what's, what did Jesus do? At least my five, there's probably 1100 something. He fulfilled the law. He eradicated your sin nature. It's not even your fault. (laughs) He made you the righteousness of God. His goal was to unify us. And he represented peace while he was on the earth. And he is peace and he brought peace. Which remember means to join or united. So I feel like there's this common theme. Reconciliation means to reconnect as if we were once connected before.
1: Hmm.
0: Remember it was for freedom that he set us free. It was for freedom. And I'll, I'll just chill, I guess, on all this stuff. But, <laughs> um, but literally, it was, it was for freedom that he set us free. So I think in, in him saying this, like, guys, if we actually understand, if we can take a bit, a.k.a. all of our life, to recognize more and more of what he actually did, it's not just, I'm not knocking on the term, but it's not just sinners saved by grace. I'm telling you, look at what he did. Yeah. Look at what he did. Yeah, come on. Which I'm not just telling you my opinion. I'm asking you to look at what he did for yourself. Mm-hmm. Same thing I told you the other week. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just proposing uh, most mostly scripture actually, but proposing my thoughts. Yeah. But I believe that we were taught. All of us individually were taught so many variants of different ways. You know, some of us grow. Grew some of us learned about Jesus a totally different way than the other one, you know, and that's totally cool. That's fine. Remember, uh, Scripture says he would that all would come to repentance, which just means changing your mind. I think the more we wake up to who God is and what He actually did, and that He's actually good, it changes our identity because remember we talked about last time we were made in the image and the likeness, right? Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed. We're still humans, right? I mean, I guess, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> You're knitted and formed in your mother's womb. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but guys, I, I feel like the more and more we realize what Jesus actually did, that his whole goal is to get his family back, that his whole goal is to let us in on this mystery which paul talks about all the time Mm. which is christ Mm. remember paul talks about christ and him crucified and then we talked about all died (laughs) you were included in his death and you're also (laughs) included in his resurrection Mm. the old has passed away the new is here yeah there's a new race people Mm -hmm. i say a new race but really it's the og race right (laughs) this was the whole point from the beginning
1: yeah,
0: was that we would be in relationship and communion with Him, mm-hmm. that we would be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there will be trouble in this world, but take heart. Like, that's His whole point. Yeah. And man, the more we look at that, the more it sets you free. The more it sets you free. Mm-hmm. The more we can put down these weird ideologies and, and ideas that we have to strive and perform to make yeah. God happy. Yeah. Guys, God is happy with you. Mm-hmm right now
1: mm.
0: actually scripture says he sees you as he sees christ mm. and jesus is sitting on his right side mm. romans 8 it says the earth groans for the sons and daughters to come alive mm. Mm. in my opinion that means to wake up to the reality of who we are
1: right.
0: which is what god did which is what he included us in mm. guess what your righteousness Or, sorry, his righteousness is yours now. His obedience to the law is yours now. As far as for the east is to the west. He throws their sins away. We read all those scriptures last time. Canceled. Like we read all those ED words, right? Canceled, you know, demolished, abolished. And it's all in ED, so it's all past tense. Speaking on the cross. So guys, yeah, this is the stuff that sets you free. A bunch of rules and regs and a bunch of striving and a bunch of like trying to perform for this father that's going to like swing a gavel if you don't do the right thing. Like that will stress you out.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's not the life that the Lord wants for all of us. He came to bring peace. He came to make peace. I'm not saying that there won't be war. Sometimes war is necessary for peace. Right? right? Yeah. If we're at least sane about it. Like everybody's like, you know, world peace, man, yeah. Well, sometimes you have to fight for your ground, right? Yeah. So there's war and peace, but the whole point is unity. Yeah. The whole point was yeah. peace. Which is unity this way and unity this way.
1: Yeah.
0: So, finished work of the cross will never be unpacked fully, in my opinion. Those are just, like, very few of my thoughts. But the only reason I'm so passionate, and I and I want to tell you guys this stuff, and Andrew's been gracious to let me have two sessions, is because, A, if you can tell, I'm very passionate about it. But, two, it actually set me free when I started learning some of this stuff. Like, I told you a, you a little bit last time, but I... Grew up in a decent Christian home, like I knew Holy Spirit when I was a kid, like whatever, won't get into the whole story, but like I still was under this faint impression that I still had to perform in order for God to be like pleased with me. And I had these super whack concepts of heaven and hell and like, oh, I need to be a good boy on earth so that I can like squeeze my way into this narrow gate into heaven. But I just challenge you guys to look at all that stuff again, like God's actually really good. Yeah. And that just woke me up so much. Mm -hmm. Like when I started realizing what Jesus actually did, that he actually reconciled it, that he's like literally looking at you and me right now in all of our stuff and saying well and whole, I see Christ. Mm -hmm. And guess what Christ did? He fulfilled the law. You know what I mean? Like, he did all these things, and now he sees us as he sees Christ. Mm, Even Paul got this revelation when he's like, I sought to know nothing among you except for Christ and him crucified. Mm. I'm taking all the humanity, not even the humanity, this fleshly, the residue is what I like to call it, of the sin nature. I'm taking Mm. all of it away, Mm. and I'm looking at Christ and him crucified. Mm. And I'm I'm not saying anything weird, but Mm. Jazz, like when you say, Like, die to self. I understand what you're saying. And I I often hear people like, less of me, more of him, right? That's what John said, like, less of me, more of him. I want to encourage you guys that God made you on purpose, that you have gifts and talents, and that he's not ashamed of those. Mm -hmm. And even in, I think it's Mm -hmm. Hebrews, he said he's not even ashamed of our humanity. He made us on purpose. So all your quirks, all your stuff is good, and he made it that way, Mm. and he's using it all for your good anyway. So it's not even your fault. You can't even control it, whether you believe it or not so he's actually really good by the way
2: yeah
0: but so when you say die to self i understand what that means i just want to make sure at least to express my opinion and let you know that like when you're talking about your personality like yourself he doesn't want you to die to that Mm. that's the whole purpose that's what he made you for what he created you for
1: yeah right as
0: far as the flesh stuff and you know the things that you can change yeah that's cool you can die to some of that
2: yeah amen
0: but just to remind you that you're made in his image and likeness and that mm. you're you're on purpose and you're on point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that you're fully reconnected there's nothing you can do there's already party you're invited you can come if you want to like yeah but it's all good yeah. remember in in Revelation it says that the the city's gates are open and that everyone in the city is wearing like robes of righteousness mm. and then everyone on the outsides of the gates are wearing like basically rags or like more like drab clothes. But the city gates are open.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Meaning there's always a warm welcome.
1: Mm. He
0: would that all would come to repentance, a.k.a. He would that all would change our minds a little bit on how good He actually is and what He actually did. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I just implore you, keep digging, keep finding out what He did. Yeah. Keep keep asking questions. He's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of the mystery. Mm-hmm. Actually, He is the mystery. So mm-hmm. lean into Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, He's really good, so... Amen?
1: Ooh.
0: Amen. Ooh. Thank you, guys. 30 minutes, I told you <laughs> <laughs> uh, Any, like, burning thoughts or questions where I can pray and we can go? Burning thoughts or questions. you say that time? Sure. <laughs> That Yeah, that's just something i like to throw in there. Just because I believe like in the garden, like original design was for a man to just walk with God in the cool of the day. And I still believe that that's our right and privilege to do. Yeah, um, I, But I believe that Jesus was just sending the signal saying, Hey, if you didn't know, I'm reconciling the world to myself. Basically meaning reconnecting. Reconnecting you. There's an option to reconnect. And by the way, I'm sending my advocate, the Holy Spirit, to let you in on everything that I did. So, I, I just said re- reconciliation actually literally means reconnection. And I just posed as if we were once connected before. Yeah. But that, that's always an option. We can always be fully direct access to the Lord. No yeah. priests in the inner inner temple or anything like that. Mm, Pop off full access. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. More thoughts, questions, feedback, okay. cursing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Okay. Like, what I'm, I'm picking up from all this is like, I feel like what, what I'm hearing okay. is like, I can just keep saying it. it's all good.
2: Like, I need
0: That's a big one.
1: Can I jump in real quick? Yeah, totally.
0: I will, I will throw my one penny in and say, um, <laughs> Go ahead. I think I talked about it last time, but the prodigal son, if you look at the, the son that took all the father's money and squandered it and just like <clears throat> prostitutes, whatever, and then he ended up eating with pigs and then like questioning his life. And then he said, it would be better to be a servant in my father's house than to live this way. He came back to the father, but as he was like walking across the field, the Father, like, drops everything that He's doing and literally sprints with open arms to go embrace His Son, even though He knew. And that, I believe, is the Father's posture to us at all times. In any scenario, at any moment, He would, that all would repent, which means just change your mind. But what I do believe is that Holy Spirit is really good at being a gentleman and and being convicting, which is a, a Mufasa word, but it, it is... Sometimes a gentle nudge, saying like, hey, I don't know if this is profitable for your life. And that's, that's what I mean sometimes when I say, like, he's our guide. But that's just my one penny, and yeah, we can keep talking on that, Sandra too.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I don't, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Her goodness. Her goodness. Her
2: goodness.
0: And we got to keep this dialogue open, you know? This is, this is the goodness of God. Yeah.
2: I'll throw a quarter in
1: real quick. <laughs> 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 Hi. No, have you all, you all remember the scripture where it says, uh, Awake to righteousness and sin not? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The principle behind that scripture just that, is simply this that it, it, it finds its way in the scripture that says, As a man thinketh. So the idea is, is that that the more, the more I'm set on the finished work of the cross, the yeah. more his Spirit works in me to will and to do
0: a good pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that is grace. Grace is so much more than just unmerited favor. It's that it causes me to will and to do a good pleasure, which is grace, the good. And so, awake to the right. It keeps the mind set on what was done and what he had accomplished that drives me, becomes the motivation and, and actually the, the virtuous characteristic in
1: my life. So then, you know, to talked about when <coughs> Jesus said it, you
0: came seeing the the Father. But what ends up happening is, is the more I set my mind on him, his nature, his character, his characteristics, his qualities of
1: what he accomplished, so I start to look like it, sound like it, act like it. So awake to write No, but that's
0: a great question. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Austin. Yeah. Thank
1: you, guys.
2: <laughs> okay, remember that if you
0: have a bell at the Blue House and your last name is not Norman, we're, we're going to gather really quick. All the guys who live in the Blue House, we're going to gather. It was going to be the patio, but let's just switch it to our house. We're just going to gather in the living room. So that's just, okay. okay. Not In
1: about oh, ten minutes. <laughs> Fifteen minutes. <laughs> <so we laughs> hey, also, also <laughs> take a chair.
0: Take a chair back with you to the patio. What if I'm
1: gonna hang out by the fire? <laughs> don't. Please, come sit on the grass. Please, 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 I might do that. I might get a blanket. Throw what if it I down. A blanket.